Hello and thank you for listening. My name is James Schofield, founder and minister of James Schofield Ministries and the host of the James Schofield Ministries podcast. So today we're going to talk about um, an issue that I feel has come up uh, recently. It's something that's should have been pervasive uh, throughout an entire civilization, but some of that I feel like we need to be reminded uh, that we need to practice, and that's going to be love. Um, with, with the things that are going on in our nation, um, we as Christians and even just we as people, uh, if you're listening as a non-Christian, uh, need to practice. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive right in. Uh, I mean, what what do you say about love? You know, it, it's something that in this day and age, we've all become these, these keyboard warriors. And with us being more and more online more and more with the they call it social media but i mean is it really social when you're behind a keyboard and you don't see the person that you're talking to um with that we tend to forget that even though we're on that keyboard behind that screen typing these things out that we're addressing other people we're not addressing the computer. We're not addressing Facebook. We're addressing the people on the other ends of their computers. And we tend to forget that when we're talking to people, when we're interacting with people, when we're even reading about people that we don't even know, we're supposed to be approaching that with love. You know, there's there's so much scripture around it. Um, I'm not going to go over... Really, this is not going to be a scripture-heavy uh, uh, podcast episode because, I mean, Jesus' message overall was just love. You know, he had the great commandment really just had to do with love. You know, it had to do with um, loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Um, and then it also had to do with loving your neighbor as yourself. So... Everything around Jesus' ministry was around love, whether it was love for a neighbor, love for his disciples, love for his enemies. There was just love pervasively. And I feel like we've kind of lost that. Um, As an example, I try on my Facebook, I try not to get really political, um, especially in this day and age. Um, I, I used to make the joke when um, the elections were going on, uh, you know, there was the whole, that was almost like the defining moment of if somebody was even going to interact with you is who are you voting for? You know, if you voted for Trump and somebody was a, was a Hillary supporter or, or even before then a Bernie supporter, they would stop talking to you or if vice versa, well, I'm, I'm going to vote for Hillary. Oh, well, I'm voting for Trump. So we can't talk. Um, you know, I try not to get too uh, politicized, but whenever somebody would ask me that question, who are you voting for? I would say Johnson. And for those who don't know, Johnson was an independent, well, not, not really an independent. He was um, he was a libertarian uh, candidate. And so by voting for him, of course, I'm voting for somebody who has nothing to do with the whole Hillary-Trump debate. And it, it was great because it used to catch people kind of off guard and they'd be like, wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm not voting for either one of the people that you want me to either agree with you with or um, be able to argue with. And I feel like 
even now that the election's over, you know, is one of those things where the election's over, okay, you know, let's get back to normal. And it hasn't done that, unfortunately. And I think the reason why it hasn't, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming necessarily Trump. I'm not blaming, um, you know, the right wing or the left wing or, you know, the moderates who didn't do this or that. And, and that, I think that's, that's the main problem is, is we're, we're going at it completely wrong. And, and as Christians, we're not supposed to um, get to this point where we're not even able to talk to somebody who has a different view than us. And I think the reason why um, people, or and, and more specifically Christians, are still having this kind of um, dichotomy of, you know, if you support somebody, I can't talk to you. Or if you support somebody, I'm going to pick you apart, basically. Um, and, and, and in our society, we, we've been having this happen. And I think the reason why is because we've forgotten that at the heart of Christianity, even if you're not a Christian, you should understand that even at the heart of Christianity, if you're speaking with a Christian, they should be speaking to you with love. Um, there's only one um, piece of scripture that I want to go over uh, just just right off the bat, and we're, we're going to kind of cover it throughout the whole podcast episode. And um, it has to do with um, Paul's uh, letter to the Corinthians, his first letter that he sent them. Um, and it's 1 Corinthians, and it's the entire chapter 13. Um, and I really like it because um, I'm on my Bible gateway, which I absolutely love Bible gateway because it's a great tool just to kind of, I don't have to pay for it. I can just pop on, type in a verse, and I'm the type of person I don't like to just go over just one um, translation. I like to go over multiple ones, so it's nice to be able to compare it. But I'm using just a Christian Standard Bible uh, translation of it. And it's 1 Corinthians 13, and part of it um, has to do with something that people tend to cover in weddings. Um, but for, for our intents and purposes, it's, it's going to be for, um, for our politicized society. And um, in Bible Gateway, the, the title of this chapter is just Love the Superior Way. And I, I think that's beautiful. So when Paul writes to the Corinthians and he, and he talks about this, um, he's basically talking about no matter what you do in life, you have to come at it with love. Otherwise, it's really pointless. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, it's if I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love I am a noising gong or a clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love I am nothing and if I give away all my possessions and if I give over my body in order to boast but do not have love I gain nothing and here's, here's the one that you might have already heard. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And there's something that we need to remember right here. Love never ends. I'm going to say that again. Love never 
ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I'm going to say that last line. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, obviously he's writing to a church in Corinth, but this speaks to what is going on today. The middle of that, talking about how love is patient and love is kind. So just just think about this. If, If you're one of those keyboard warriors that's going on there and talking about, I'm going to say the bad word, the wall. If you're on there going at it, whether you're for it or against it, but you're coming at somebody without that patience and without that kindness, are you practicing love? Whether you're for something or against something, you need to understand that when you're coming at somebody who has a different view than you, unless you're coming at them with love, you're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. No matter what you're saying, it is nothing if you're not saying it with love. And I feel like, you know, again... In, in these debates, um, you know, I've, I've regularly told even friends of mine, whenever anything comes up, there's times when I just say, you know what, I, I can't. I can't talk about this because I know it's going to get way too heated. And, and that's really sad because if we were coming at it with love, we'd be able to talk to one another. And it goes right back to what my ministry's, um, my, my favorite verse and the one that I put right on every single ministry page, and that's Proverbs 4, 4 7. So... You know, I'm, I'm obviously I said I wasn't going to quote scripture too much, but I always have to come back to this because part of love, part of loving others is understanding them. You know, you you need to be able to practice that. If you love somebody enough, you're going to respect them enough to try to understand their viewpoint. So Proverbs four seven, and I use the New International Version because um, I really like the way that it's translated. Um, it's the beginning of wisdom is this: get wisdom, though it cost all you have. Get understanding. So another thing about love that isn't really covered, um, you know, it's not in that chapter 13 of Corinthians, but part of love is being willing to set yourself aside for another. And, you know, going over that proverb, talking about it costs all you have, get understanding. So when we're talking about the these really, 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 really politicized views that are happening in this day and age. We need to understand that. We need to understand that as part of love, 
is understanding another. Having that love to get rid of everything you have to get that understanding of another. Putting yourself aside because you love that person enough. And, and that's the other thing too that isn't said here. But, you know, there's a reason why Jesus had a view of loving thy neighbor and loving thy enemy. You know, he, he's, he wasn't obviously saying, you know, love, let the enemy basically walk all over you. But what he was saying with loving your enemy is you have to understand that we're all humans. We are all created. Even if you don't believe in this, we are all created in God's image to be God's stewards on earth. So even if you're coming at somebody who has a different viewpoint than you, you have to have that love for them to set yourself aside to gain understanding. Um, again, on my Facebook, I try not to post too many political things because of this um, heated thing. So during the government shutdown, I personally, um, you know, I got a little frustrated because, uh, you know, it's tax time is coming up. Um, I did get some notices from the IRS about this or that that I had to take care of. But of course, I couldn't because I couldn't call the IRS because the government was shut down. So I posted a thing on Facebook just saying that we need to end the shutdown. I wasn't saying anything about the wall. I wasn't saying anything about Trump this or the Democrats that. I was basically just saying the shutdown needs to stop. And instantly almost it felt like, the comments started coming in. Well, we needed this because no, you know, they're not giving Trump the money because for the wall. We need the wall because of the immigrants and this and that and the other. And I'm like, whoa, 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 stop. I wasn't talking about that. I was saying that the government needs to run and that this issue shouldn't be shutting the government down. That's as far as I went. And, you know, I, I, I try to understand the viewpoint of why the government needed to be shut down and I you know I made the effort and I'm trying to understand the viewpoint and you know I do understand um, whether or not I agree with the wall is one thing I'm not going to talk about that but what I am going to say is with Trump I do understand why he kind of dug his heels in because I know you know thinking back that was one of his promises that he was making that he was going to take care of this he was going to get this immigration issue taken care of and so that to him he feels like this is the most important issue and that it needs to be taken care of so i'm trying to understand that i'm trying to come at that with love now i'm not going to talk about the wall i am gonna flat out say that i personally you know i didn't vote for trump for a reason clearly but the point is whether whatever Trump is doing, whatever perceived awfulness is going on, because I know that there's testimony coming up and evidence is being flown here and there. I love Trump. I'm going to say that right now. I love Trump. I loved Hillary. I love Bernie. I love all the politicians. I don't agree with them. I will willingly admit that I don't agree with the politics in America these days. But... The point is, I still love them. Now, I know that's a difficult thing, and that's something that took a very long time for me to practice myself because I'm a very passionate person. If, if you've ever met me, if you ever speak to me, you'll know I'm a very passionate person. 
I, I have my views. I'm very strong about my views. I practice my views very, very vehemently. And being able to love somebody that I don't agree with is very, very difficult. And I understand how difficult it is because I, I struggle with it every day. There are times when I'm like, how can I love this person? I have to ask myself that. How can I love this person? And then I realize, looking back, okay, so part of me being a Christian is I need to live my life Christ-like. I need to be going towards that impossible goal of being just like Jesus. It's the most impossible, yet the most noble goal you could ever have is trying to be like Jesus. And even if you're not a Christian, and but you read about Jesus, even if you consider him this mythical man, this fictional character, you have to appreciate the views that he had. And even if you consider the Bible just strictly literature, that character of Jesus even, it's somebody that we should aspire to be. Because Pontius Pilate, the guy who literally sentenced this man to death, of course, he tried to wash his hands of it, but we all know the truth. He's He was the governor over that area at the time, so he was the one making the true decision. Jesus still loved Pontius. The man that was killing him. He loved the Pharisees. He loved everybody. He didn't agree with them. He, if, if you read the scripture, he was always saying how the Pharisees were this and the Pharisees were hypocrites and this and that and the other. And yes, he did. But at the end of the day, he still loved them. And we need to get back to that. And that 1 Corinthians, that, that message from Paul, is also beautiful because Paul even comes from that background of hate because you know if, if you don't know if you haven't read about the history of Paul Paul used to be called Saul I'll give you a little history lesson here Paul was called Saul at a time he was Jewish he was getting up there in the ranks and he basically considered the Christians the absolute worst enemy for the Jews and he would persecute them. He would head to towns and wrangle up the Christians and get them imprisoned. And then, of course, there was one time he was on his way to um, uh, Damascus. And he was going there because he knew that there was this Christian sect hanging out there. And he was going to go wrangle them up and send them to jail just like he's been doing. And next thing you know, though, he gets stricken blind with this piercing light. And eventually, somebody asks him, he hears this voice, and he says, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, I basically, I don't, what are you talking about? And he says, well, you're persecuting the people who follow me. You're persecuting the people who love me. You're persecuting the people who have stood by me. And by persecuting them, you're persecuting me. Basically, what did I ever do to you? This is what, and this is the voice of Jesus. What did I ever do to you? And eventually, a uh, Christian comes by and then comes to Paul and Paul ends up getting his or sorry Saul ends up getting his eyesight back and and with this revelation that he gets from Jesus and also the love that a Christian who was being persecuted by him the love of this group of these people that he was persecuting he's he becomes Paul he strips away his, his Jewish heritage he says you know what no enough is enough. 
I'm going to be the voice for the Christians now. And that's what he did with the rest of his life. And he, and he ended up being the persecuted one. But, but again, go back to it. Jesus comes at this persecutor of his people with love. The people, though they end up in the beginning, they're, they're kind of afraid, you know, they, they, this Paul guy, like, what, what are you doing? You know, are you pretending to kind of infiltrate us so that way you can wrangle up more of us? Like, what is happening? And there is that, that suspicion there. But at the end of the day, they're Christians. They still come at Paul with love and they listen to him. And, and with that First Corinthians telling the church of Corinth, that's exactly what we need to be doing. No matter what you do in your life, if you're not doing that with love, if you're going on that Facebook and you're just attacking people and you're just trying to push your viewpoint out there, which don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not saying that having an opposing viewpoint is bad. I'm not saying that having an opposing viewpoint, you shouldn't voice it. What I'm saying is the way that you're voicing it needs to change. When I posted that Facebook post, I was bringing out my viewpoint about the government shutdown. Having people come at me talking about the wall and how important it is i respect that but the it's the way that it's spoken it's it gets to the point where these two people that you end up arguing and and i always have this this thing in my head i never want to argue i don't mind debating people i love debating in fact debating is one of my favorite activities i love stretching my mind and being able to have that conversation with somebody and and that's the difference between an argument and a debate an argument you're just trying to win Okay, it doesn't even need to be a rational view. You might just spew out whatever, and eventually arguments, of course, slurs can even be spewed out. Anything to try to win in a debate. You know how you win? You both end up understanding each other. It, it's not necessarily that they end up coming to your viewpoint. It's that they understand your viewpoint. There's that phrase we can agree to disagree, and that's what a debate is. You can agree to disagree. Have your viewpoint. That's absolutely important. You should have your viewpoint and you should love that, but you have to come at it. The person with the opposing viewpoint, you have to love them too. You have to love their viewpoint. That's just how it should be. We need to be in that phase with each other where we can have those debates and we can have those discussions and we can still love one another and we can even come at it at the end where, you know what? Even though I feel this way and you feel that way, I can understand where your viewpoint is and I love you. That's the key. I love you. Going back to that 1 Corinthians, right in the beginning, if I speak, let, let's change it. Let, let, let's change um, human or angelic tongues. Let's just change it to words because we're typing nowadays. If I speak or if I type words, but do not have love. I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Think about that. If you're bringing out your viewpoint, but you're not speaking to somebody who has an opposing viewpoint as you with love, you're, you're just creating noise. There, there's a thing in communication. Um, I took a communication class and it was very, very cool because I never thought of it this way. But... Everybody, unless you have a certain medical or physical condition, everybody hears everything around them. If you're in a noisy coffee shop, every conversation that's going on around you, you hear it. 
The difference, though, and why you can't make out what some people are saying or even that they're even talking at all, it's mental. You're not listening. There's a difference between hearing and listening. So when you come at somebody without love, you're trying to just make them hear you. You're not having them listen to you. And you become that noisy gong. You become that clinging simple symbol. You become basically, in essence, noise pollution. Let me say it again. Noise pollution. And what's pollution? Pollution is something, you know, everybody knows about pollution. Pollution is something that is just, it, it's bad. It's bad for the environment. It's bad for people. It's bad for everybody. It's bad for everything. And when you're coming at something without love, that is what you're producing. You're producing a pollution. You're producing a toxicity. You're producing, in essence, what you're doing, you're just producing hate. And what has hate ever accomplished throughout history? Hate has not accomplished anything good. Let's go back to the middle again. Love is patient. And that's another thing that I feel like we lose online, which is kind of ironic if you think about it, because being online is, is uh, what's called asynchronous communication. Okay, so there's synchronous communication, and there's asynchronous communication. Here's another little communication lesson for you. Obviously, synchronous communication is something that happens in real time. So as I'm discussing with you, you're hearing me, and, and again, communication is a two-way street. It's not just, it goes right back to hearing and listening. It's not just talking. Communication is also listening. That's part of communication. So with synchronous communication, you are giving direct feedback, you're receiving direct feedback, the whole time in real time asynchronous communication is the opposite so you're still receiving that information but you're not receiving it in real time so if i type up something on facebook for instance and it sits there and of course we all the paranoia around facebook doesn't put my stuff on the wall because of this and that or you know it's not on the timeline because i didn't do this or i didn't click that link or whatever anyway it sits there and it's on your timeline, but somebody isn't going to see it right away. They're going to see it later. They're going to post. It's asynchronous communication. So in this asynchronous communication, we, we have this uh, thing with asynchronous communication. We, we, we treat it where we just kind of get hot button really quick and we hurry up and type out something. Think about this. With, with, with real-time communication, with synchronous communication, there's not a lot of time to think, okay? You know, a lot of times you're just kind of reacting really quickly and it's kind of ironic because Facebook gives you that asynchronous communication and gives you that time to kind of sit there and, and you know, there's been times when I've seen something on Facebook that honestly I get really fired up about. I just get so angry and I put my hands on the keys and there's been times where I've even started typing up the whole thing and this and that and you're wrong because of this and you're wrong because of that because again, don't get me wrong, I'm still the victim of forgetting that I need to come at this with understanding. I start typing that out. But then you know what? Again, I'm on Facebook. I don't have to hit that send button yet. It's not too late for me to stop. I stop. And I delete everything I write. And I remember, you know what? I'm not coming at this with love. And with Facebook, again, it's ironic because love is supposed to be patient. And with Facebook, even though it's asynchronous communication, even though it's communication that doesn't happen in real time, we should be coming at that knowing that, you know, it, it's it's not like you're right in front of me, even this podcast, you're not right in front of me as I'm speaking. You might be reacting to it. I don't see that. 
You might be saying things. I don't hear that right now. So on Facebook, we should come at it with that assumption that we're not going to get an immediate reply. So we need to be patient on Facebook. And part of that patience is sitting back before you reply. And again, if you need to type out the most hateful, awful thing you could possibly type, feel free to do it. But don't hit that send button. Sometimes we just need to get that out. Um, you know, I, I look uh, back, and again, I'm not going to quote quote it because I don't have the Bible right in front of me, but looking back with Job, Job, who they say is a story of remaining faithful even in spite of tragedy, yeah, he remained faithful, but at the end of the day, he basically called God out being like, dude, I'm not doing anything wrong. Why are you punishing me? This is ridiculous. I, this isn't fair. This isn't just. Why are you being so cruel? So going back even then, it's fine and it's healthy. And God even at the end talks to Job's friends and says, you know what, you guys, Job was right about me. God is saying it's okay to ask those questions. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to feel things. It's okay to feel negative emotions, but the difference between feeling them and actually the, my, my pastor, um, I remember he actually told this to his children. It's okay to feel the things you feel, but how you act on them is what decides if that emotion was good or not. So it's okay to feel impatient. It's okay to want to hate. It's okay to feel that moment in that moment. But what you need to remember is you have to hit that backspace. You have to hit that clear button. You have to allow yourself to come back to that patience and that kindness. Because again, love is patient and love is also kind. If you have a different viewpoint, that's perfectly fine. But you need to be kind to the person who doesn't have that viewpoint. And there was another one that uh, another um, speaker at my church um, talks about when it comes to uh, arguments or, or debates, rather. And it kind of, in, in, in my eyes, it goes back, again, to the love. And he says, you know, I don't want to engage in a debate unless I can argue the opposing viewpoint just as well as I, I can argue my own. And that says something. That, that Again, that goes right back to the proverb that I said, that though it costs all you have, gain understanding. If you can't argue against your viewpoint, if you can't argue somebody else's viewpoint against yours, then clearly you haven't worked out enough of the understanding to even argue your, your own. How can you argue your viewpoint if you can't understand the other viewpoint. And again, it, it creates that miscommunication. You know, I go right back to the government shutdown post that I had on Facebook where I said, I just want the government to shut down. Well, or not to shut down. Well, people immediately start going for the wall. I'm like, no, 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 that this is not what I'm trying to argue for. This is not my viewpoint. My viewpoint has nothing to do with the wall right now. The wall is um, a catalyst for my viewpoint, I'll admit that, but I'm not arguing that the wall is good or the wall is bad or we need it or we don't need it or you're wrong and I'm right or, you know, immigration is awful and this and that and the crime rates and uh, mind you, all this stuff came up on my Facebook. 
my my comments that came up is the wall's bad the wall's good you know we need the wall the wall's too expensive the immigrants are going to come anyways and this and that and statistics started to get flowing everywhere i'm like no the only statistic i care about is how many people aren't working right now i don't care i i said i'm i even said in my comments i believe i don't care if the wall gets built or if it doesn't get built at this point i just want the government to run again and again, that comes right back to the understanding. People weren't understanding what I was saying in my first post. They didn't have that patience to really read it and be like, okay, this is what he's viewing. I can understand it. I can argue that the shutdown's necessary, and that's fine. Somebody could have said that the shutdown was necessary, and I understand that some people have that viewpoint that the shutdown was necessary, and that's fine. But that's not what they were trying to say. They immediately went to the hot button issue, which was the wall is this and the wall is that and the wall is not going to do this, but the wall is going to do that. And no, we need to stop and we need to take a moment and just realize that the person on the other end of that computer is a human being. The person who has that different viewpoint as you is still a human being. And, my, and and let's remember that. Human beings, by default, are flawed. We are flawed. Your viewpoint might not be the right one. For what's happening, your viewpoint might not be the right one. And you have to also understand that. And you also have to come at that. Again, love is not boastful and love is not arrogant. Love is not arrogant. We have these viewpoints, and that's great. I love people who have different viewpoints than me, to be honest. I absolutely love people who have different viewpoints than me, and I love to debate them. I don't love to argue with them. Because when you're arguing, that's showing that you're arrogant. You have that arrogant viewpoint. You have the arrogance that my viewpoint is better than yours. And I'm going to say something really controversial, but let's think about another... Uh, in history, let's think about somebody who had the arrogance to think that their viewpoint or even their own race was better than somebody else's. I'm not going to name drop, but we all know what happened during a certain war of a certain um, where certain people were persecuted against. Um, it, it's one of the biggest human tragedies in the entire history of humans and again that goes right back the arrogance there love doesn't have arrogance it's not boastful it doesn't keep a record of wrongs that's the other thing we have to remember too it doesn't keep a record of wrongs there's people who have these bumper stickers that say don't blame me i voted bernie or don't blame me i voted hillary or this or that again why are we keeping that record of wrongs? Whether or not you feel voting for Trump was the right decision or the wrong decision or doing this was wrong or the wall is wrong or, you know, Cohen is wrong or Trump is wrong or stop. We need to stop. We need to have patience. We need to have kindness even to the people. And I know it's so difficult sometimes even to the people that have wronged us because you know what love doesn't keep a record of wrongs love finds no joy 
in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. And what 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 is the truth? And the truth nowadays is that I feel like we're not trying to find the truth when when we're having these viewpoints. We're not we're not trying to find the joy because we're focusing on the viewpoint that I have is right and the viewpoint that you have is not. The viewpoint that I have is a righteous viewpoint and you are unrighteous. Where's the joy in that? So I want to invite everybody just kind of sit back for a minute. And there's been some people who've been doing, um, at my church who've been doing fasting, uh, we, we did it as a way to kind of, you know, if people don't realize what fasting is, everybody assumes it's just with food and you just don't eat for a certain amount of time or you don't eat a certain thing. No, fasting isn't necessarily just not eating. Fasting has to do with abstaining from something in order to put yourself in a position. Um, and and, and in, in a Christian sense, it's to put us in a position to be able to communicate with God um, more closely. So fasting doesn't necessarily just have to be for food. That That's the most obvious choice. And that's a choice that a lot of people go with. And that's fine. But some of our people in our congregation, we, uh, we fasted from social media in order to be able to have that communication. And when some people said that, you know, granted, for, for good or bad, social media does provide a platform to be able to communicate certain things like, oh, so-and-so is having a baby. Well, they live halfway across the nation I wouldn't have known that without social media or this party is coming up so um, you know I'm going to miss that now because I didn't know it, it was going on but here's the other thing though is abstaining from the social media some of our people in, our, in the congregation they were saying you know it, it creates more meaningful relationships with the people that they do communicate with um, without the social media and it created a some of them it even created a more calm effect and why because because social media if you look at it now it's it's filled with so much hate so much hate and and social media can be filled with opposing viewpoints that's fine it gets you, you know social media can be a beautiful thing it can get your view out to the world Whereas before, you had to be famous, you had to be an actor, you had to be a politician, you had to be a philanthropist, entrepreneur, super billionaire, or whatever, in order to get your view out to the public. And now you can literally just go on, type in one word. It's technically two words, but they made it one word because it's Facebook. You type in one word, a dot, and com. You click log in, and now you can tell the entire world what you think. And that's a beautiful thing. And you know what else is equally as beautiful? People can tell you that they don't agree with you. And that's beautiful. And that's the problem now with that social media, though, is we're not understanding that that's beautiful. Not only are we able to say what we feel, people can tell us that they feel differently. That's beautiful. If we come at social media, if we come at 
politics, if we come at everything in our life, if we come at it with love and we come at it with that patience of love and that kindness of love and not envying and not being boastful, not being arrogant, not being rude, not being self-seeking or irritable. And, and that's the other thing with Facebook. Don't be irritable. If we come at that, the social media, if we come at that with that love, how beautiful would it be? How much better would we have even had a government shutdown if we all practiced love? I'm not saying that it would have been a magic utopia. We would, everybody would have gotten their way. We would have had a wall, but we also would have been able to get people in here still. Um, you know, immigrants would still be able to come in. People wouldn't be separated from their families. We wouldn't have to spend extra money. And the Democrats would get what they want. Republicans would get what they want. And everybody would sing kumbaya and we'd just be perfect. No, I'm not saying that at all. In fact, I'm not saying, I'm saying the exact opposite. We would still debate and that's fine. But we might not have had the shutdown. We might have been able to still come to the table, agree to disagree, and keep working at it because we would have come at each other with love. So again, I'm, I'm going to invite you, open up your Bible, open up your Bible app, go to BibleGateway.com, go anywhere, and just read that 1 Corinthians 13 again, because I read it out loud to you, but you know what? I know that um, myself, I, I, I am a uh, visual learner as well, so I need to kind of see it. Read that again. Read it in different translations. Read it however you want to read it. Read it in the original Hebrew if you can read that, because you know what? Kudos to you if you can. Or, I'm sorry, it would be Greek, because it was the um, New Testament. If you can read that in the original, go for it. But at the end of the day, read 1 Corinthians 13 and read it completely. Because I feel we need, as a nation, as a people, as the world, we need to come at it with love. Um, to finish up the thought, I, I want to go, um, there was this Cohen testimony. I, I again, I, this is a religious podcast. I don't want to get too into politics, but, um, the Cohen testimony, I kind of a prime example of not coming at things with love. The Congress, um, the, the committee that was there, um, they kind of said it with, uh, with such sarcasm, um, and it wasn't re restricted to only Democrats. It wasn't restricted to only Republicans. They were both doing this. They would say, my friends on the other side say this. And my friends on the other side would want you to do that. My friends on the other side are afraid you're going to say this. Did, you're saying my friends, but then you're attacking them. And don't get me wrong. I understand Republicans and Democrats... You have different viewpoints, but think about this. You're the leaders of a nation. You should be friends, actually. You shouldn't be saying friends on my other side as a sarcastic, ironic remark. You should be saying it in truth. My friends, they should be your friends. And you should love them on the other side. You know, even just something as like this testimony, that testimony had such hatred filled in it. And we need to stop and just think about what we're doing as a people.
And you have to think, is this what Jesus would have done? You know, if you're um, if you're a Muslim, is this what Muhammad would have preached? If you're if you're Jewish, is this what David would want us to do? Is this what Abraham would have wanted? Is this what Israel would have wanted? Jacob, would any of them wanted that? And, and to finish up the thought about love, and this kind of impacted me yesterday and, and kind of cemented what I wanted to talk about. I went to um, a Shabbat, which is um, has to do with the Sabbath and everything with, with Judaism. And um, it was a musical Shabbat. Um, I had to do it for a class um, on world religious traditions. And I've always wanted to go to a synagogue because, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, our roots our religion, we, we're like the only religion that actually borrows and, and completely takes a, another religion's holy scripture. You know, the, the Tanakh is actually our Old Testament, almost word for word. And I visited there. And I admitted to them that I was a Christian and that I'm studying. And you know what they did? They didn't say, oh, you're not welcome here or you're not doing this or you're not doing that. No, I actually, I had emailed them and I asked them and I said exactly my views and I asked them some questions. And again, I came at them with understanding. I said, should I wear a kippah? Should I, you know, am I welcome there and everything? They actually thanked me for my thoughtful questions. And when I showed up, the security was like, oh, absolutely. He immediately introduced me to one of the uh, senior members in their in their uh, congregation of the temple. And you know what he did? He sat with me the entire service. And he explained to me different things that were happening. And, and again, these weren't even prompted. He just would turn to me and say, hey, this is the mournful prayer. He would point out, he wouldn't even just do the bare minimum. He would point out to me and say, and, and with this, this mourner's prayer, you'll notice it doesn't even mention death in it. So when somebody dies, they have this prayer that has to do with um, rejoicing life and everything like that. They don't even mention death in it. And I, and it was a beautiful thing. And, and the whole time he's talking to me about this and that, and he even asked me, you know, you know, what are your views? And I said, well, I'm a Christian. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, what denomination? And he showed a genuine interest and he was trying to understand my views. And then eventually come to find out, he introduced me again to that security guard, that security, um, guy that was there, he's actually a Baptist minister. Think about that. A Baptist minister, who, by the way, is also a police officer, uh, was running security for a Jewish temple. Now, looking back on history, let's think about that because there's there's a lot of um, anti-Semitic things where the Christians... Um, you know, certain Christians will say, oh, the Jews are evil. They killed our savior and this, that, and the other. Well, this guy who's a Baptist minister is helping keep this Jewish temple safe on Fridays and Saturdays. Think about that. This is a guy guarding, according to some, the people whose ancestors killed your savior. If that's not love and understanding, because again, even if you agree with that, these people weren't part of that. It would have been, yes, their ancestors. Okay, I can understand that. But these people didn't do anything.
and the sky is guarding them, is, is making sure that they're safe, is making sure that they're well taken care of, is making sure that me as a visitor has somebody to speak to and understand what's happening. It was it was beautiful being able to come in to a place where I had a completely different viewpoint than they did. And I believe something that they don't believe. And they still welcomed me and, and, and helped me to understand their views and helped me understand their practices and asked me about mine. That was, and that was the other thing. He didn't just talk about himself. He didn't just talk about the temple. He didn't just talk about Judaism. He asked me about me. He asked me what I did and what I was interested in and what I believed and what church I was part of. He was genuinely interested. He wanted to have that exchange. So if you've gotten to the end of this, because I did ramble, I know. If you've gotten to the end of this podcast, again, read 1 Corinthians 13 over again. And understand that no matter what you come at or come with, no matter where you go, no matter what you're saying, no matter what viewpoints you have, if you don't speak them, if you don't act them, if you don't preach them with love, should you even been should you even be having the viewpoint? Should you even be telling people about it? If you're not loving the opposer and you're not speaking to them with love, are you really just making noise? So after reading First Corinthians thirteen, the other thing I want to invite you to do is is try this mini fasting. Try just turning off the Facebook and, you know, now I, I guess the cool kids are using Instagram. I was told by my wife that Facebook isn't cool anymore. It's now Instagram is the cool thing. Which, by the way, if there's anybody young listening, Facebook owns Instagram, so I'm still cool because I use Facebook. Anyway, try turning off the Facebook for a day or two. Try turning off the Instagram for a day or two. If you can't do that, because I know, again, we have jobs and some people use Facebook for their jobs or, you know, you might have family across the world that you need to be able to still communicate with. Try this. Try just posting one positive thing a day and that's it. Don't post anything else. Don't post anything that has to do with um, negativity. Just post a positive thing. See what happens. Just, just try try that for even a week. Try only posting positivity for a week. And when somebody tries to come at you, even if you have to post something like, like I said when I posted about the shutdown, if you have to post something that might be controversial and somebody comes at you, ask them why they feel that way. Try that. Try spinning anything negative that might happen on your Facebook or your Instagram or anything or Snapchat, whatever you're using, Try spinning it MySpace. People still do use MySpace, by the way, guys. I know it's way old, but people still, it, it exists. Go to the website, it still works. Try spinning it into something positive. And if somebody has an opposing viewpoint as you, message them back instead of trying to just say, oh no, no, you're wrong because of this and that and the other, or my viewpoint is absolutely right. If you, if you really want to be like, oh, I'm going to not address their negativity. I'm going to just say my viewpoint's right because of this, this. No, don't do that. Try just posting the question, can you tell me why you feel that way? And when they reply to you, thank them. Thank them for explaining 
why they have the viewpoint they do. Say thank you for explaining that to me. I want to be and, and, and follow up with I want to understand you because we should want to understand the people who don't have the viewpoint because again, part of love is understanding. Though it costs all you have, gain understanding. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. And that has to do with wisdom too. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, but though it costs all you have, get understanding. Another um, translation say, says, um, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So part of wisdom is understanding. If you have the wisdom to speak to somebody with love, if you have the wisdom to try to understand them, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get understanding. Remember to be patient. Remember to be kind. Remember not to be boastful or self-seeking or irritable. Don't keep a record of wrongs, even if somebody wrongs you, even if somebody has a different viewpoint that ends up being wrong. You know, the elections are the prime example. My vote didn't work. And that's fine. My voice was still heard. I understood the voices of the others and we moved on. So again, in everything, try to understand it. Go on Facebook today. Go on Facebook tomorrow. Go on Facebook later uh, in the week. Post one thing positive. If you have to post a viewpoint and somebody comes at you with a different one, ask them why they feel that way. And when they tell you why they feel that way, thank them for helping you understand. Just just do that. Do that as a little experiment and make a note of the responses you get. Make a note of how the conversation can change so rapidly just literally by asking somebody else questions so you can understand and then thanking them for helping you understand. See what happens to that conversation. See if it, if it goes as hostile as these conversations have been lately. Try it out. Uh, if you end up having that happen, feel free to email me, uh, info at schofieldministries.org, uh, or you can, of course, comment. Uh, if, if you're on the website, you can comment right on the bottom of the podcast. There's a little comment box. You can do that. Um, or even um, there's a testimonial page on schofieldministries.org that you can go to, and you can even put a testimonial there of what this, this little quest I'm giving you uh, did. So do that, and let me know, and um, you know, because I I, I want to see. I, I I want I want I want the love to start, and, and I feel like we've lost that. Thank you so much for making it to the end. If you're listening still, again, I'm James Schofield, the James Schofield Ministries. Um, this is the James Schofield Ministries podcast. Um, Whatever platform you're listening on, I really appreciate it. Uh, you can always uh, catch us. I'm going to be starting again. I, I wasn't able to uh, do it for a few months here because I was with my daughter, my, my newborn daughter. Uh, well, she's not newborn anymore. She's getting quit the personality. Um, so I'm going to keep posting these uh, weekly uh, starting uh, today. Uh, today's Saturday. 
So every Saturday there's going to be a new one. You can catch me on whatever podcast listening platform you're using right now, or if you're on the website, of course, you can get it right from there. Uh, it's right on the homepage is the latest episode. Uh, you can listen to me on Anchor. You can listen to me now on Spotify, uh, which also opens up. You can listen to me on Google Home. If you can listen to me on Alexa, I'm not sure because I don't want to speak out of turn, but if you can hear me on Alexa, great. Let me know so I can actually say that because I've never played with that. But you can hear me on Google Home, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hearing me next week. <laughs>